This is Great Day Nation presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Morton Anderson. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Freeze Pops. Tommy, what do we got this week? Morton, thanks as always for having me. Week 10 of the NFL regular season is upon us. And we're joined by a man that you proclaimed as the greatest kicker of all time on this podcast, the record breaker himself, who hit another game winner this past weekend to beat the Vikings. Ravens kicker Justin Tucker joins the show from the team facility. Then we'll get into Morton's Fast Five, where we'll give you our picks for the five biggest matchups of the NFL weekend. And finally, we'll close things out with Morton's game winner. But before we get into all of that, let's get to the opening kick. Morton Anderson kicks off, and it's a beauty through the end zone. And Morton Anderson has been doing that with regularity this season and throughout his illustrious career. Shaboy! What a crazy weekend in football. My Spartans, number three in the country, going to Purdue and getting beat by the Boilermakers. Total buzzkill for me on the heels of our big win over Michigan. I had a feeling that this would be a trap game, and it was. We need to win out now. Spartans didn't. 0-5 on our NFL predictions. Ouch. Jacksonville beats Buffalo, and for the first time in NFL history, a player named Josh Allen sacks, intercepts, and recovers a fumble by an opposing player named Josh Allen. This is weird. The Packers hang around with the Chiefs in Arrowhead in a low-scoring affair without Aaron Rodgers, who sat at home with COVID. Really, Aaron? Way to be a leader and teammate and put your team first. The Titans, without their best player, goes to LA and wins. No Derrick Henry, but plenty of awesome defense from Tennessee. Newly acquired Vaughn Miller standing on the sideline in LA, wondering if this was a good move, as his old team, the Denver Broncos, spanked the Cowboys. What is going on? New England seems to be back on track, but my Saints lose a close one to their rival Falcons on a last second field goal. Bad pass defense by the Saints lose the game. Looks and sounds familiar as I was part of many of those games that came down to the wire. What to take away from the weekend? There's parody in football and just because you balled one week doesn't mean that you're entitled to win the next one. You have to earn it every week even when you play Purdue and Jacksonville. Yeah, even when Purdue isn't with their starter to start the season tearing up your defense. That was an absolutely shocking performance from Purdue's offense. I know you're not completely shocked that it was a trap game for Michigan State, but the Boilermakers looked like, you know, 2001 Miami out there. It was insane. like a Big Ten champion basically getting ready to play for the national championship in the playoffs. Holy cow. It was impressive. It was impressive for Purdue. It was disappointing for Michigan State. And you mentioned the Aaron Rodgers thing, and I just wanted to give you a chance to talk a little bit more about it. it I mean, it, I'm, I'm disappointed, you know, and, and a lot of people I know are jumping on the bandwagon and throwing Aaron under the bus. But the fact of the matter is, OK, I I respect your choice to choose whether to be vaccinated or not. I don't respect your choice not to wear face covering and protect others against uh, the fact that you uh, could be contagious, you know, 
and could be uh, liable for, for infecting other people. It's not just about Aaron Rodgers, it's about his teammates and people around him. And he clearly didn't adhere to protocol as far as safety goes. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, who also chose not to be vaccinated, has been a model citizen player in the NFL, followed all protocols, safety protocols that have been put out there by the NFL, but Aaron Rodgers clearly didn't, and he kind of was deceitful about it as well. So it's just disappointing. I'm not really that interested in piling on, but that's just my personal opinion. I think it's completely fair and completely warranted. And before we get to your conversation with a guy who's also a model citizen in the NFL, Justin Tucker, I wanted to tell you about our friends from BetMGM. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks, and they have a really cool promotion going on right now for new players. Bet $10 to win $200 if your team scores a touchdown. Bet on any NFL money line, and if your team scores a touchdown, you'll receive an additional $200 in free bets. Must be 21 or older to play. Legal in Arizona, New Jersey, Indiana, Colorado, Tennessee, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C. only. Full terms and conditions apply. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks, and it is the official odds maker of Great Dane Nation. All right, let's get to that conversation with Justin Tucker. Let's kick it. My guest today is widely considered the best kicker in the game today. I'm willing to go one step further and state that if he continues to play at this level until he retires, he'll be considered the best in the history of the game. It's rare to see a kicker who combines power and accuracy the way Justin Tucker does. He's a brilliant example of what is right about football and what personal excellence looks like. Justin, welcome to Great Day Nation. Congrats on a spectacular display of kicking this last decade, brother. It's uh, it's really impressive to watch the consistency that you've been able to uh, put forth out there in stressful situations, in big moments, in any type of condition, any type of weather. What, what's your secret sauce, brother? First of all, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, it's an honor, you know, just to get a chance to connect with you and. Um, that was some high praise coming from, you know, a man I consider to be the greatest of all time, you know, doing what we do. So, so thank you very much. But uh, if there's any secret stuff or something like Michael Jordan had in uh, Space Jam, then I'd love to figure out what that is. Because uh, I think you know this more than anybody else out there. It's all about taking it one kick at a time, one practice at a time, uh, just one day at a time and not, not getting too high with the highs or too low with the lows, you know, and just being present and enjoying the journey when you can. I think also not getting ahead of yourself, right, Justin? Many times when we're younger, we're impatient. And I think you and I had a conversation about this recently, is when we're young, we want to force ourselves on the game. We want to force ourselves into situations that are not there yet. For sure. And it creates a tremendous amount of anxiety sometimes. Yeah. Whereas when we mature, we kind of start resting a little bit more in ourselves. I mean, still stressful, don't get me wrong, especially when you're kicking at a 90% level like you are, the bars just set higher. But as we mature, I think letting the game come to you and trusting that the fact that you're prepared and then plugging yourself in becomes a little easier. Do, do you agree with that? Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. Um, you know, like 
you said, letting the letting the opportunities kind of present themselves and not pressing, uh, whether it's technically or otherwise. Early on in my career, I you know was hitting the ball well, but not at the level of consistency that I I knew I would need to in order to sustain a high higher level of success. I, you know, I, I was making kicks, but I wasn't making every single kick exactly how I wanted. Whereas now I feel like, you know, the ball comes off my foot and I know right away whether or not I hit the ball exactly how I wanted to. Not necessarily whether or not I'm going to make the kick, but, you know, as soon as the ball leaves my foot, like I know if I've hit the sweet spot, I could probably not even watch the ball go through the posts and know yeah, it's know going exactly where I want it. I know the feeling on that, and it's uh, it's what we refer to in the high-performance business as unconscious competence. I, I know that Rosberg has shared some of the, the levels of learning with you, I'm sure. What we don't want is conscious incompetence or unconscious <laughs> incompetence. That's when you don't know that you don't know, but the unconscious competence is when you're able to do it at 4 a.m., I can call you up and say, hey, Justin, I need a 48 yard from the right hash right now. You can wipe the sleep out of your eyes and say, okay, let's do it. I'll go recruit that dominant performance, that positive behavior, and let it yeah. rip. And you're yeah. right. Your ball flight has changed a little bit. And I, I saw some, some older tape of you. Your ball flight is really nice and vertical and tight. You know, it doesn't deviate a lot. I mean, if you miss, it's because of something else. It's not, it's probably the plant foot, let's face it. Sure, but, sure. But, was there a shift for, for you? You said, okay, you hadn't achieved that, that high level of consistencies on ball striking. At what point and what caused you to get to that level? Was it just repetition? Was somebody there that helped you uh, figure that out? Or what was that process like? You know, I think there are many factors at play. I would point to the people around me for one. I feel like it's really important to give credit where credit's due in this business. And uh, having a level of consistency around our operation between the snap, the hold, and the kick, for the longest time, I was blessed to be able to work with Morgan Cox, who's an excellent, consistent long snapper, uh, Sam Cook, who I joke with him that his most important job here with the Baltimore Ravens is holding balls so I can kick them. And then, you know, Jerry Rossberg, Randy Brown, uh, Chris Horton, John Harbaugh is a special, special teams, teams enthusiast. So sure. um, having the people around the kick, uh, I would say, is incredibly important. Having that in place uh, so I could, you know, in a way have the freedom to develop what I needed to develop and what nobody else except for myself knew how to take to the next level. So for me, I would point to all the other folks around me for the longest time. And then I would say... Being able to humble myself enough to where I could recognize at a point in time, I'm not the best in the game right now. I am second or third in my own evaluation to somebody else out there. And in you know, 2014, 2015, it would, it would have to be Steven Guskowski. Steven is, a, is an excellent ball striker, a great athlete. In my opinion, he's got like the best attitude. You know, he, he cares deeply about making kicks and performing at a high level. But he also has this balance of not taking it too seriously to where it can be to your detriment. So, you know, around 
2015, I really made it a point to watch Steven and study how he kicks and, you know, and talk to him a little bit um, and tried to take some of the things I, I tried to take some of the things that he was doing technically very well, in my opinion, and apply them to my own technique. So Steven has uh, a way of finishing through the ball downfield at his target line really emphatically to a point where he's not just finishing at his plant spot landing or his plant foot landing. He's finishing his kick all the way through to where his, he's right behind the long snapper and the, the left and right guard at the end of the play. And I think emphasizing that level of finish is, you know, something that stood out to me about his game, his technique. So one day in August of the 2016 preseason Morgan Cox and I were on field two for one of our training camp practices and we were having this discussion this discussion and he's like well why don't you just try kind of doing it like Steven does it so I kicked a couple of balls overemphasizing that in a way it almost looks funny you know overemphasizing that finish downfield at your target line and the first five balls I hit went exactly where I wanted we're straight down the middle. We have like a camera pole that, you know, sticks out in the middle of the uprights and I, I hit it like four times in a row. So, yeah. you know, Morgan and I kind of look at each other and we're like, I think we might be onto something. So mm-hmm. since, since that practice in August of 2016, I, I had kind of, you know, made a marked shift in my own technique. I'd made like a pretty, to me, it was like a pretty significant adjustment in the way I struck the ball and finished through my target line. And, you know, I kind of haven't looked back since. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe the biggest factor is, you know, welcoming our son Easton into the world in 2016, you know, forget about kicking footballs, but giving, you know, having uh, that experience, you know, becoming a dad for the first time and kind of getting this instant, I don't know, reality check, this instant shift in perspective, where, you know, my wife, Amanda and Easton are, you know, it, it just makes things so much more real, you know, like this yeah. game that we're playing is it, it's a game. Sure. But it's also incredibly important to all of us. So, you know, finding every single little way to make the game about kind of, you know, I don't know, all of us is, um, you know, something that I've maybe unconsciously done over the last now five years. And, I had a, a, a really, really successful 2016 season where we basically made everything. We had one kick blocked that year, but I was, you know, you, you mentioned unconscious competence. I think another, another label that I've heard put on that state of being would just be, you know, you're in the zone. Yeah. Well, that, that whole season I was in this zone and I kind of feel like I'm still there. And when asked at the end of the season, like, hey, what did you do differently? I, I just was tired because uh, I wasn't, my, neither my wife nor I were sleeping at all because we had a, a newborn. Uh, I was drinking a reasonable amount of cab-based California blends. And, uh, I, was, and I was having peanut butter waffles every morning at the facility. So, you know, th- th- those, handful of, those handful of factors, they all go into making kicks and in a way it's like overly simple but it you know yeah no i think it's a formula that works they add they add up to quality of life my friend 100 percent. 
and and I also think when you become a parent, when you become a father, it also adds a certain amount of dimension and perspective to your life because all of a sudden there's a shift from let's face it, our our existence on the football field is pretty can be pretty self-absorbing and narcissistic if you're not careful. It's all about us. It's all about everybody else adjusting their lives to accommodate us because we got to go put foot to ball on Sunday afternoon. And when that little boy or girl is born, besides the magic of childbirth, I mean, the creation, unbelievable. And then it, it hits you, at least it did me. And I have two boys now. We have two boys. And the legacy part becomes important, not right away, but the lineage, you know, not, not that you think about your own mortality, but you think about the circle of life and you start thinking about the responsibility, but it also frees you up and gives you a certain amount of peace, I think, to uh, to eat those peanut butter waffles and have that uh, Cabernet blend and feel okay <laughs> about it and say, that is absolutely the only uh, right thing to do right here, right now. No and, doubt. And, and live in the, and you said something really important. You've been able to stay present. I love that because as I said earlier, we get ahead of ourselves or we're not fast enough, but to stay right there right now is to me, probably the most important thing for a kicker because it, it happens so quickly. It has to be so precise Absolutely. And, and the trust has to be there and all that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, you, you mentioned um, we both have this appreciation for being present in those 1.3 seconds that it, it matters. None of your emotions or feelings really matter in the moment that you're approaching the ball to kick it. What matters? I, I was is, one one seven, but okay, one three. That's slow. <laughs> one. We just have. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We just have better blockers these days, man. Yeah. These guys are. We. They're all. They're all bigger, faster, stronger. So let's be beautiful. Take a little bit, if you got a one, longer. you got one three. Oh my good! What a what a luxury! What a luxury! Yeah, one three. It from, from nice. eight yards away. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's a good life. That is, but a great... we uh, yeah, and those all right. So those one point one seven to one point three seconds. The only thing that truly matters is the execution. You know what matters is falling back on your technique that you've worked on perfecting and practice and knowing that it's not going to be perfect, but still finding a way to make it as close to perfect as possible. So you give the ball the best chance of going through the uprights, putting points on the board for your team and in a way for yourself, because there is something just really therapeutic and cathartic about seeing the ball go through the uprights, knowing that your hard work is paying off. And, and there is also a level of, you know, in that 1.3 seconds, you do kind of have to get very much into your own world because you know the reality of it. You're on an island. Everybody's watching you in that moment. You have to do everything you can to block out the, the noise and yeah. focus on the task at hand. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam, come say hi. Hi, guys. Hey, what do we got, Gordon Sam? Is. Hey, buddy. Gordon, how are you doing? How are you, Sam? Am I interrupting a meeting? No, we're just doing a little uh, little squad cast. How's it oh, going? Nice. What do we got? A little monster drink or something? What do we? What do we uh, uh, they they call it resync. Uh, support your immune system, heart health, and energy. So. Yeah, we got to start Beautiful. doing that now that we're thirty something year old dinosaurs in this league, Morton. <laughs> hey, I'll, talk to me when you're forty eight, my man. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I'm almost there. I hope we look as good as you do. No, no, you're doing great. Good seeing you, Morton. Hey, good to see you, Sam. There's nothing better than a, a little cameo appearance once in a while, uh, Justin. And, and he's obviously an integral part of what 
of your success, as you mentioned earlier, and, and, and how everything has to fit like fingers in a glove. It really is. It's so important. I got to ask you about, I mean, there's, there's so much in your life that, that interests me, but take me through that 66-yard record-breaking field goal. I know you've done it a million times, but it's special because it's history, right? And so when anytime we have a historic moment in sports, I just had Kirk Gibson on, and, and he talked about his home run against Eckersley in the World Series, you know, and that was a special, iconic moment in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. But, but really, the 66-yard field goal, and I think – You'll get one from 70 plus eventually. There's a there's a couple other guys that'll get a shot at that, I think. But take me to Detroit, take me to Ford Field, and take me through from the time that you know the Ravens are driving. What was the conversation? Had that been determined pregame? Because I always did that pregame. You know the distance. The, the coaches knew what what my range was pregame, so they could strategize. And I don't know. I don't know if you do that. I have a feeling you might be doing that as well. But take yeah. me through that moment. I, I actually do not involve myself in that conversation at all. We have a member of our coaching staff, Randy Brown, who has been been with me as long as I've been here, and a little bit. And he's been with the Ravens beforehand. He's been with Harbs beforehand before they were all here in Baltimore. But he, one of his key roles is to serve as the liaison between the calm zone of the bench where the kickers and punters and snappers hang out and then all the rest of the chaotic stuff going on in a, a given game day. Yeah. Uh, so, so Randy, one of his roles is to communicate, Hey, this is where we feel pretty good from if we need to have a kick on the opening drive of the game uh, or the middle of the third quarter, whatever it may be like normal course of the game. Sure. Uh, this is where we feel like we need to get to, to have a, a high likelihood of making the kick. And for us, that range is usually pretty substantial. I mean, we'll, we'll attempt, if the conditions are right, we'll attempt a 55-yard field goal in the first quarter because we know it's a decently high percentage, uh, you know, makeability there. And then, you know, when it's a got-to-have-it type of situation at the end of, especially at the end of the game, but even at the end of the half, that range increases. So yeah. for Detroit specifically, uh, in, you know, in pregame warmups, I was short from 65 each way just for whatever reason, like early, earlier on in a day, I yeah. just didn't have 65 yards in me. And I always back it up as kind of as far as I can in each direction, just to get an idea for how the sure. ball is flying. And, and there's not, the adrenaline is not there either. I mean, you know, right. That, that, That's definitely a factor. So, so first of all, I missed a 49 yard field goal to open the game. Uh, and I hadn't, I kind of found this out after the fact, but I hadn't missed a field goal inside in, you know, ever until, you know, like now it's my 10th year in the league and I finally missed one. So, you know, now after the fact, especially since we made the winner, I can kind of pat myself on the back about that one. But while we're, while we're in the middle of the game, I'm just thinking, man, I just like, if we lose by one, two, three points, like, I feel like it's, it's not unfair to, you know, you can kind of put it on, you can kind of put it on me. Like those points are, they were kind of just left out there in the universe and we should have had them. Well, as the game is kind of coming down to the wire, Ryan Santoso kicks a 35 yarder with, you know, about a minute left. And I knew I was going to have to, if given the opportunity, I was going to have to make the kick to win the game. Well, then we're looking at, you know, third and long and then fourth and 19 and, it doesn't really look good for the good guys. 
So good news for us. We have Lamar Jackson. So on fourth and 19 from deep in our own territory, he just throws a dime down the left sideline completed at, you know, the plus 48 yard line. We get down, clock it, try to grab a few extra yards, don't get them. And, you know, we're looking at a 66 yard or 66 yard walk off game winning field goal. And I knew I, I, I knew I didn't have 65 in me a couple hours prior, but like you said, I knew I'd get that adrenaline rush and I kind of took a little crow hop into, into the kick. Our, I, I just, I just, I trusted that our, our dudes up front were going to be able to hold on for just an extra 10th of a second, which they did. The ball came firing out. And uh, so Nick Moore credit to him, our, our new long snapper this year through his first game winning snap on a record breaking 66 yard field goal to win the game. Sam does what he always does. He just does his job and puts the ball down and I just get to smash this ball. And as soon as it left my foot and it cleared the line, I knew it was going to have a chance. So I kind of, you know, scamper out to the left after it leaves my foot just to see if, just to get a better vantage point. And it hits the crossbar. I see our fireman, Avon Bryant down under the goalposts who uh, helps with the, you know, the, he helps with the K ball on game day and his hands are the first ones that I see go up like this. And that's when we all knew that we had made the kick. And I emphasize we, you know, like, of course, like the ball comes off my foot, but there's a lot that goes into making and a lot has to go right for a 66 yard field goal in a, in a, in a dome where, you know, I actually think it's a little tougher to get the ball to go. Uh, Cause in a, you know, in a, in a dome, 70, 75 degrees, whatever the temperature is, it's just, it, it's a, the air is a little heavier than when you're outside. Even if you got like a little bit of a, a breeze, you know, you can, you, sometimes you can just find a way to get the ball to go a little bit when you're outside compared to when you're inside. So as soon as, you know, as soon as Avon sticks his hands up, we know that we made the kick and everything that had to go right from the guys blocking up front, from the snap to the hold, to the ball bouncing off the crossbar, it all went in our favor. And we have, um, you know, a, a rather historic moment that we can, you know, all kind of look back on fondly. Uh, and especially, like, especially for me, just because I, um, you know, not because I really wanted to crack at the record or uh, anything like that, I'm just glad that I was able to atone for my prior sins earlier in the game, missing a 49 yard layup that I should have had. So knowing that we got out of there with a win and it kind of gave our team like a little bit of a jolt. That's just a, I mean, you, you know, you, you know, the feeling like when you make the big kick to win the game, there's, Beautiful. there's nothing, there's just nothing quite like it. Yeah. You kind of go, you just go blank and you just are in the moment. It goes fast to, uh, you get this hot feeling and just a euphoric, <laughs> euphoric no feeling. No doubt. And uh, the celebration ensued. It was fun to watch you and the enthusiasm. And um, I assume the ball and the shoe and the uniform is in Canton, Ohio. The shoes, uh, my uniform, they're, uh, yeah, they're in Canton. I'm going to hold on to the football. I, I feel like that's going to be a fun one to just – you I know, think that's a good one to keep. Take, off, take off the shelf, play a little, play a little catch in the basement with, with my son. And oh yeah. So if I say Mac Brown to you, what do you say, Justin? I say leader. I say uh, friend. I say coach. And I also 
think about how he, he pushed me in a way that I did not know I needed to be pushed when I was 18, 19 years old. So I know that's a little bit of a long answer for the name game, but I okay. I'll always have love for, always have love for coach Brown. Uh, John Harbaugh. Leader, passionate, loves the game, loves his players, loves his coaches, does, does an excellent job motivating us to win. Ed Reed. Greatest safety of all time. I concur. Ray Lewis. Greatest linebacker, maybe greatest defensive player of all time. Ooh, uh, okay. I, yeah, I don't say that lightly because I, uh, I got to play with a couple of these guys all at the same time. I uh, got to go win a Super Bowl with these guys. So, Ray, yeah, greatest defensive player of all time, champion. Terrell Suggs. T-Sizzle worldwide. Why? T-Sizzle? <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's the ultimate – hey, he's, he's the ultimate Raven, ultimate competitor, okay. amazing to have in the locker room, great for picking up the vibe, no doubt. High school teammate Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Uh, cool, calm, collected, poised. Um, and again, you know, champion. Westlake High School, we just – we breed champions. I don't know. There's something in the water down there, you know, between <laughs> – between Drew Brees, Nick Foles, myself, and, uh, you know, hey, there's, there's many others, many others coming along the way. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, uh, one, of my, one of my good friends, maybe the best arm talent I've ever seen. Let's leave it at that, brother. Keep it rolling, man. Keep it rolling. Aim for the middle. The middle never changes, Justin. <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that. Hey, maybe, maybe we could apply that idea to, uh, you know, just – American politics and we'd all be a we'd all be happier as a society <laughs> aim for aim for the middle aim for the middle eat more peanut butter waffles and drink more great Meritage cab there you go all right man I appreciate you all right Morton thanks for having me man that was a great conversation with Justin of course I'll have more on him and my game winner at the end of the podcast but Freeze Pops, before we get into this week's Fast Five, what do you have for us? The DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing you the DraftKings Championship Series, the king of competitions. DraftKings Championship Series is the ultimate competition for contest winners from Daily Fantasy, Sportsbook, and Casino. The best of the best in each domain will compete for series supremacy in their own domains, Tournament of Champions. They'll have one goal in mind win the ultimate crown, and earn the title of the greatest of all time, the GOAT. Here's how you qualify. In Daily Fantasy, you have to either win a Fantasy World Championship with qualification required, or win one of the 89 millionaires, which has a direct buy-in. On the sportsbook side of things, you have to either win a sportsbook championship or win a designated sportsbook pool with a direct buy-in for both. And on the casino side, you have to get on the casino leaderboard a direct buy-in there as well. Make sure you check out DraftKings.com for more information on dates and locations. The DraftKings Championship Series is the king of competitions. Let's get into Morton's Fast Five. This is Morton's Fast Five presented by BetMGM, where we run through the five biggest games of the weekend. 
We'll give you the Hall of Fame knowledge and you guys place your bets accordingly. Ofer in week nine, Morton. Five picks, five losses, and Michigan State lost to Purdue. Horrible weekend for the podcast. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Very humbling, but live to see another day. I was disappointed in our Spartans. I thought that was going to be a trap game. I said as much, and it was. We came out flat. I think Purdue threw for over 500 yards on us. It was a disaster. And then all my picks that I thought, mm, you know, I felt pretty good about it, really. It was just upset weeks. I mean, complete underdogs were beating, you know, teams that should be killing them. I don't know what's going on in this league. Uh, freeze pops. The NFL just, is insane, but we try and make sense of it every week here in this segment. So let's do that right now. Let's go to the first game that I think is sneaky, the best matchup of the day. The Browns are at New England Sunday at one o'clock on CBS. And all five of the games that we're talking about in this segment today are in the one o'clock window. Very, very strong early window this upcoming week. According to our friends at BetMGM, the Patriots are one and a half point favorites at the time of this recording. These are two teams that seem to be figuring it out as the season goes along here. But breaking news, just coming down, Nick Chubb, just tested positive for COVID. So it looks like he's going to miss this upcoming game in New England. So that is going to sway me, and I'm going to pick New England. They came off an impressive win. So did Cleveland, but without Chubbs, if they can't run the ball, I don't like Cleveland in this one. You know, this is uh, that dude special. Two touchdowns, 137 yards, only 14 carries in the last game against the Bengals. They're not going to have him. So, And Kareem Hunt's still out. Yeah, so it doesn't doesn't look really good. New England's starting to hit their stride. Belichick doesn't necessarily want his team to play great in September, but he wants them to be rolling in November and December, and it appears that they're doing that. I like New England. Next up, the Buccaneers are at Washington Sunday at 1 o'clock on Fox. According to our friends at BetMGM, the Bucs are 9.5-point favorites at the time of this recording. Morton Brady is back. I missed him on his bye week. I missed watching the Bucks. What a surprise. You're shocking <laughs> me by that statement. <laughs> I missed my guy. I understand. And But he's back off a of bye, and I, I don't think they'll have much problem with the Washington football team. They're one of the worst defenses in the NFL. It's not that long ago that I we started talking about them before the season started and saying, oh, they have the best defense in the league. Clearly not the case. I know the number's kind of high, but the Bucs are just – complete wagon on offense right i don't think they'll be able washington that is will be able to contain a fresh-legged 44 year old brady no way so i like the bucks in this game washington has fallen well well and way short of expectations so i'm taking the bucks i'm taking the points i'm taking all of it Next up, the Falcons are at Dallas Sunday at 1 o'clock on Fox. According to our friends at BetMGM, the Cowboys are nine-point favorites at the time of this recording. And Morton, this is not a game preseason I would have had my eye on, but we've got the Falcons playing well at 500, and the Cowboys are in first place in the NFC East. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, Atlanta won a really close game in New Orleans. They got their passing game going, and Dallas looked flat, looked terrible against Denver. I like Atlanta in this game. It, it feels like Matt Ryan and the offense have kind of figured some stuff out. Last four of the five games that Atlanta has played, they've scored 27 or more points. Quarterell, oh my goodness, Patterson. 
renaissance man. Flex position. He lights up in the backfield. He catches it deep. He makes plays on special teams. He's been a star all season. I like Atlanta in this game. Next up, the Bills are in New York to take on the Jets Sunday at 1 o'clock on CBS. According to our friends at BetMGM, the Bills are 13-point favorites at the time of this recording. Morton, do your boys bounce back here? What's going on with your Bills losing in Jacksonville? The Bills are not what I thought they were. I thought they were better. And I, I mean, losing to Jacksonville, oh, man, I just I want to throw up. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. But the Jets have no quarterback. Who's their quarterback? I don't know. Is it Zach Wilson? Is it, you know, is it White? I, I don't know who they're going to put out there. We'll see. The legend of Mike White might still be rolling with the Jets. But clearly, I like Buffalo in a bounce back game here, although they got to go to the Jets and play an away game. Well, it's not really that far for them to travel. So I'm going with the Bills in this one. Last game of this week's Fast Five. Your Saints are headed up to Tennessee Sunday at 1 o'clock on CBS. According to our friends at BetMGM, the Titans are three-point favorites at the time of this recording. No Derrick Henry, no problem, right? I mean, the Titans don't need Derrick Henry anymore. They go to L.A., they get the job done. They would love to have Derrick Henry, but more importantly, the Saints are so reliant on their running game and on their defense, and they, they had neither against the Falcons. And that worries me greatly. The quarterback play has been shoddy at best. I don't like this matchup at all. Tennessee's defense, studly. I like Tennessee in this one. I hate to go against my Saints, but I'm, I'm picking the Tennessee Titans um, to beat my Saints. All right, there we go. So we went 0-5 last week, but we went 5-0 and the week before. This feels like a 3-2 and week to me, Morgan. Let's feels get like to 3-2. the Buffalo Bills. Win one, lose one, <laughs> win one, lose one. God, that game was bad against Jacksonville. Really bad. It saved the oh. Urban Myers for another week, I suppose. One more week of He's not looking at roster openings or coach <laughs> openings in any college program. So there you go. Well, if you looked at him on the sidelines, it looked like they were losing. I mean, God, the guy just has yeah. such a face about him. I just. Ugh. It's like watching paint dry. It's like disgusting. watching two men fish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now it's time for Morton's game winner. Justin Tucker is an absolute baller. He's in the zone, deep in it, and he flows like water. Bruce Lee would be proud. To understand and appreciate what Justin Tucker has been doing the last decade in the NFL, you just have to look at the numbers. He's the most accurate kicker in NFL history and has the longest field goal as well. He hits game winners with regularity and is his team's most valuable player. I said it, the kicker is the most valuable player for the Baltimore Ravens. Not Lamar Jackson, Justin Tucker. He affects the outcome more than anyone on the team. His combination of strength and accuracy gives the Ravens the luxury of choices. They know that they have three points when they cross midfield. They know that he's money in all four quarters. He doesn't take a playoff, and that is rare for a superstar. He won't, he can't. I have spent time with Justin Tucker. He's wired differently and holds the secret sauce. Performance gold that is born out of a journey that saw him go undrafted. What? 
Not a high round pick. Nope. Not a sniff from anybody. Until Jerry Rosberg, special teams coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, moved in stealth-like and signed him after the draft. Jerry knew what he had and Justin repaid him in full. There are countless stories of underdogs who go unnoticed until they get an opportunity, blossom, and become legendary. Adam Vinatieri, Kurt Warner, John Randall. The list is long and the testimony colorful. Many of those stories have been told right here on Great Dane Nation. The account of Justin Tucker is of a man who pursued his dream relentlessly and excelled because of his skill, work habits, and tenacity. Finally, he had a chip on his shoulder and decided to do his talking with his right leg. The booming sound of another vertical ball flight tracking down the middle, inevitably ending up buried deep into the net behind the goalposts, is the evidence, and we're all left with one utterance. We hear you, Justin. We hear you loud and clear. We'll see you next time. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks, and they have a really cool promotion going on right now for new players. Bet $10 to win $200 if your team scores a touchdown, and bet on any NFL money line. If your team scores a touchdown, you'll receive an additional $200 in free bets. Must be 21 or older to play. Legal in Arizona, New Jersey, Indiana, Colorado, Tennessee, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C. Full terms and conditions apply. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks, and it's the official odds maker of Great Dane Nation.